0: Hi, my name is Jamie, and I am a depressed optimist. After years of having a bad attitude, I decided that I wanted to at least try and change that. While I don't have it all figured out, this is an opportunity to come along with me as I make my way. On this podcast, I'll get a little personal, a little emotional, and a little analytical so that I can have hope, get shit done, and find happiness. Because today is as good as any other hello and welcome to the podcast it's jamie and today we have a really special guest so if you follow me closely you will know that i guest starred on the Joyful Living podcast with Greg Gonzalez. He's a mindfulness trainer with a focus on storytelling and self-discovery. And in that episode, we explore the topic of discovering your true passions through his process of guided vocal journaling. And I am a huge fan of journaling in all of its forms. I've been doing it for years, and I think that it is super beneficial for anybody, which is why I'm so excited to have Greg as a guest on this show today. His perspective on journaling and personal development is super insightful, and I'm really excited to get talking with him today. So please welcome Greg Gonzalez. Oh, and welcome to the podcast. So um, can you just sort of give my listeners a little bit of a rundown for tell us like a little bit about who you are, what you do, and all that fun jazz?
1: Absolutely. Sure. Well, hello. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. My name is Greg Gonzalez. I am a mindfulness trainer based in Denver, Colorado. My business is called Joyful Living. And really, when people ask me, okay, what does a mindfulness trainer do? What is Joyful Living? Simply put, I am about making connections. I help people connect to themselves. I help them connect to others. I help them connect to nature, to their purpose, um, and also to their story. And so it's kind of a broad-ranging list of things that I do within Joyful Living, but really at the center and the heart of it. It's about making a connection that leads to joy. And I think that uh, through all of those different pieces to yourself, to others, to your purpose, to nature, to your story, to me, each of those are pathways to finding and sustaining joy in your life. And so that's that's really what I try to emphasize and show people.
0: That's awesome. I love that. So since we're sort of talking about you know finding your story and journaling today, so where do you think that a journaling practice or a reflective practice like that can come into mindfulness in the work that you do?
1: Journaling for me is a center point of mindfulness practices. For me, I put it right there in in terms of the most readily accessible, but also the most impactful, right next to just your contemplative breathing, walking, sitting, meditation. I mean, there are so many things that we don't think about as being a practice in mindfulness. And what I try to explain to people is mindfulness is really anything that you're putting attention and focus on in the present moment. So I think that you could extend that into reading, cooking, listening to music, Um, Spending time with a loved one, family member, can be a practice in mindfulness and presence. But I think journaling in specific is one that's incredibly powerful because it obviously takes attention and focus to convey your thoughts, your feelings, your um, emotions, and putting them down on paper, if that's your form of journaling. Some people will use their voice to record themselves, Some people will do TikTok videos as a means of journaling. And Mm -hmm. and so I think of journaling as a a mode of self-expression as a practice of mindfulness. So incredibly powerful, incredibly personal, something that I incorporate into my daily morning routine um, just as a way to start my day. But I know it's, it's, it's a central piece of my storyteller's work because journaling really does help you kind of declutter the mind and to create some focus it also is wonderful for setting goals and and holding yourself accountable what's also great about it is that no one has to look at it so it can really be whatever you want it could be just a download it could be a brain dump it could be a place to just vent but it can also be something strategic and people use it for a number of different ways so I love that journaling has a lot of different uh tentacles to it I guess you could say but at the center of it is its usefulness as a practice of mindfulness
0: yeah one of the questions that I was even going to ask you is do you think that it's more about processing or about expression but I feel like what I'm hearing from you and you can correct me if I'm wrong is that it's sort of a combination of both yeah as they like sort of find each other
1: I think so I think that and that's why I think some people struggle with journaling is that they think that it has to be about a certain process. It has to be about setting a certain amount of time. I need to write so many pages. Um, I think people look at journaling as work, Mm -hmm. and I really want to take that whole stigma off of it and have it be something that, think of it as something just as drinking a cool glass of water on a hot day. Like It's something that should be refreshing, something that you look forward to, something that can open up your mind and your heart to things that you didn't even know were there. I think that we put too many layers and too many pressures on ourselves to journal in a certain way. And so whether you're doing it as a form of processing or um, taking all of your mind uh, voices and thoughts kind of to put them down on paper or to do something more structured, Really, that's that's the beauty of it. One day it could be one, the other day it could be the other. One day it could be just jotting down bullet pointed notes. The other day it could be I'm writing page after page after page of just a rant or something that, that I need to get out. Because it's yours, you know. It's nothing that you have to feel like like when we're in school and we have to turn in our uh, homework at the end of the quarter and be like, okay, here's, here's on my pages. Here's what I wrote. There's no grade, you know, you're only checking yourself. So I think that the process of journaling is one where if people just think of it as total freedom and use it as a form of expression, as opposed to a form of work, it's another added task to do to my day. It should be something we look forward to, something that we treasure, and I encourage people who are interested to invest in a good journal book. I mean, I've got them lying around all, the, all over the place, and I just love the feel of a good, hardbound journal book and, a, and my favorite pen. And to know that this is my time to use it however way that I wish, whether it's a new thought, a new idea for my work, maybe it's... Um, I've sometimes just written to-do lists, like grocery lists, (laughs) because it's in my mind. I'm like, I'm just going to put it down. I know where it's going to be. I can go back and look at it. But I think just take the pressure off yourself and just use it for fun, but use it as a mode of expressing yourself fully without repercussions.
0: I find that a lot of people, it was interesting how you were talking about how it should be something you would look forward to, something refreshing. And I feel like a lot of people, in addition to not looking at journaling, like, something like that, people tend to look at, like, a break for the mind or, like, a rest for the mind in terms of, like, consuming things. So when people think about giving your brain a break, people talk about watching a movie or watching TV or, like, listening to music or or other things that, like, add to your experience. But journaling is something where you, like, sort of put out energy into a different experience. Uh-huh. Um, so I find that really interesting. Um, do you, I
1: I like that. I like that the way that you think about some of those practices that are things that are fulfilling Mm -hmm. that you're, you're taking in, but then journaling as being a way to release, Mm -hmm. to kind of deflate the, um, the thoughts and the emotions. Um, it's a great way of thinking about it. I like thinking of it as like filling a balloon with all the other things that, could be very meaningful and personal to you, whether it's music or reading or watching a movie. But mm-hmm. then having that deflation happening when you journal or do something where you're actually putting something out is also useful too. Yeah. It's kind of a yin and yang energy going on there.
0: Yeah, it seems almost like I, I'm kind of realizing this in the moment too in this conversation, that there is sort of like a, a progression, like a sliding scale of the way that the mind operates with itself is that there are times that we're, that we're consuming things, that we're filling our experience. Then there's like the mindfulness element where we're completely in the moment and focusing on the present tasks in front of us or the sensations that are all around us. And then there's also like an output sort of stage where you are releasing like journaling and stuff like that. So yeah. that's sort of, it's, it's interesting to think about like that. And I know you mentioned that people can do TikTok videos, and that people can, uh, or, or like, buy, like, a hardbound, really lovely journal, like I do as well. What do you think people tend to lean more towards nowadays, and what do you think that experience looks like, and the benefits of doing it one way versus another way? I know we touched on this already, and then also in your podcast as well, but can you give me some of your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I think that because technology has gotten so vast in the way that we do express ourselves. Um, I know a lot of people get creative with utilizing YouTube videos and creating a collection of YouTube, uh, almost like a little anthology of just telling their story, or it could just be here's what's going on in my world, thought I wanted to share it with you. People utilize technology to express, and I think that as long as it's done in a positive way that is about something that's productive that I think can help you process and to understand. And I think for some people, it's it's being vulnerable when you do it in a public sphere, like like posting a video or a TikTok video. Mm-hmm. What I like about traditional journaling, though, is that it's personal. Mm-hmm. Is that it, it's not the intention is not to share it with the world and get a ton of likes and follows and things like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, it's something that really from just a baseline level it's about your personal connection to yourself and that's something that I think more people could benefit from is having an outlet to connect to themselves in a meaningful way that um, is healthy that is to me just as enriching as going for a walk doing yoga having a good meal a good nutritious meal getting plenty of sleep like, to me, I see it as being a part of an overall wellness lifestyle that, to me, is essential, especially if it's for people who deal with a lot of stress and anxiety. And, um, you know, we're dealing with so many things in our world right now that for, for a lot of people, rediscovering journaling has been a great outlet for them to just process, to just make sense of what I'm watching on the news and what I'm dealing with in my neighborhood. And you know, just trying to make sense of it all. You know, if you're more prone to carrying an iPad or your phone and jotting your thoughts down and documenting it that way, to me, I see that as no different. But Mm -hmm. I think it's what you do with your work, what you do with the end result is, to me, the most powerful part. Putting it in a book, putting it on the shelf, and maybe going back in a few weeks and a month and a year to go back and reflect is really eye-opening to be like, "Wow, where was I at that point?" You know, this is some <laughs> some pretty heavy things. Oh yeah, I was going through this period in my life. That's why I went. That's why I expressed myself. So, I think it's a great way to self-discover and learn about yourself. But um, I'm a big fan of just traditional journaling.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that as well. I am also, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I'm but I'm somebody who is also a big fan of traditional journaling. Cause like you did mention also the sort of public element to a lot of those different forms of expression. And oh. it, it, there is so much like, there's so much of a public element to a lot of our lives nowadays. And it almost feels like perfect and beautiful and radical to have like a very personal element to the way that you express yourself and I definitely see that in journaling. Um, Absolutely. You also mentioned going back and reading the things that you wrote and like seeing progressions and stuff like that and that made me think of some of the stuff that you've talked about with vocal journaling. How do you think that vocal journaling sort of comes into this conversation about journaling. And can you like talk a little bit about that?
1: See, I just got done promoting this whole idea of traditional journaling with a book and with a pen and sitting down with a <laughs> warm cup of tea. But yet my, my whole, well, a good cornerstone in my storytelling work is in utilizing technology to allow people to journal with their voice. So uh, I get, I get that, get asked this question a lot because guided vocal journaling sounds a little too hokey for some people. Really, it's a simple premise of connection, again, because I think that what I'm trying to convey in that is showing up through a Zoom video call, face-to-face. I ask questions to probe you, just as if you were looking at a journal book and there was a question at the top of the page to answer. Um, What I find, though, is in guided vocal journaling, there is... There is an added element of depth and expansiveness that I think comes from, the, from being heard and listened to. And what I try to provide more than anything is just to provide a sacred space for you to step forward and speak openly. So I think that there is a huge element of vulnerability to share answers to these questions that you could easily write out on a page if you wanted to but there's something about when you're in conversation with someone, that answer has so much more color and flavor and vastness and also expansiveness because you may say something in your answer to a simple question that I then may say, wow, Jamie, that was really... Can you tell me a little bit more about that particular piece that you may not have gone down had you been just writing it out on your own? So I think that there's something about... When you're in conversation, when you're in connection with someone, someone who's guiding you through this journey of guided vocal journaling, it's really powerful because for some people, they just the answers are always inside them. It just seems to come a little bit more kind of like a, uh, uh, <laughs> it's like a sieve. It's like it just pours out sometimes when you feel like you're being listened to. And so what makes the guided vocal journaling unique is that we do these on a video call. But I record them, but then I take the audio recording and then I transcribe it to text. So you then will get pages of transcripts of all of your vocal answers on paper. So just in the same way as if you were to sit down and write it out yourself, you're going to have pages sent back to you through Word document pages, however you want it, to create your own journal from your spoken words. And it's really powerful for people to go back and revisit those, just as if you were to open up your journal book from a few years back. It astounds people that they're like, I had no idea I had that in me, because their answers just fill page after page after page from just a simple question. So my way is a little bit more non-traditional because I am utilizing technology, but I also find that it's incredibly traditional, and very foundational in terms of how we relate to one another. And again, it's all about connection the connection to yourself through the answers you share, but then also in the connection you have with your interviewer who is guiding you through the process.
0: Yeah, because that sounds a lot like because you mentioned a lot about being heard. And I was even thinking about like reading those answers back or like listening to your own answers back and the way that it almost feels like a conversation with yourself. Um, very much so. So at the same time as it's like a conversation with your interviewer, it can also be like a conversation with yourself, because really that interviewer is asking you to reflect on your own words, basically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'll never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. It's mm-hmm. very rare that I'll ask somebody something, and they look at me like, can I skip that one? I don't really know. Like there are some deep questions, but I think at the end of the day, and I'm a big believer in this, that we already have the answers to all the questions that we could possibly ask. I just think that to me, this goes back to why journaling is effective and as a practice of mindfulness, that when you stop and you're focused and present and paying attention to yourself, the answers will come. there's nothing forced. There's nothing that makes people, Ooh, I can't go there. That's too, that's too hard. That's too, you know, that's too difficult. It's always, it's always about rediscovery. It's about reexamination. It's, it's bringing an answer to the surface and looking at it and being like, wow, there it is. And I don't analyze it. I don't spend, it's not about me recording my own voice. It's, You speaking, you answering, and me saying, that was awesome, let's go to the next question and keep it going. It's very much a personal exploration, but it's one that's shared.
0: Do you feel like people tend to reach breakthroughs or what people would describe as breakthroughs a little bit easier with vocal journaling than with traditional journaling?
1: I think so, because I think that when you're listened to and cared for in that space, and... and that's that's the key, is that you think being in person, being face-to-face with someone, that is the most powerful way to connect with someone. What I've discovered through COVID in the social distancing era that we're in now is that even through Zoom, even through a video call, that person on the other end knows that they're being listened to, and that they're being looked at, and they're being cared for. So I think that When you're answering in that space, there is so much possibility of what comes out. And I'll tell you, my favorite parts of my work is when I ask a question and there's a pause. And the person will stop and they'll look up and they'll say, oh, wow, I haven't thought about that. Or they'll say, oh, that's a good question. And then they sit. But they're like looking off into the distance, you know, and I'm just sitting back and I just I fold my arms and I don't say a word. I just shut up. I allow that silence to happen because I know what's going to come out is going to be magic. And it always is so powerful because they brought themselves, they've stopped their subconscious mind from running like rabbits into conscious brain to focus on this question that they're like, oh. Let me put some thought into this one. And then when they speak freely, that's when the aha moments come. I've had tons of situations where I've literally watched people transform online because they just, their body language, their facial expressions, I mean, they just glow because they're like, wow, I actually have a lot to be happy about (laughs) in my life. I'm not as messed up as I thought I was because we carry this all inside. And it just sometimes takes the right question at the right time to bring it out and to show people you are fully capable of this. You know the answers to all these questions. So I love love experiencing that with people and providing that outlet for people to discover that in themselves.
0: That's awesome. No, I definitely, I recognize what you're saying because I feel like I did that when I was on your show as well, that I would stop and be like, oh my God, that's such a good question. And it like made me really think. Um, But yeah, no, that's such a great point because I do find that like in traditional journaling, like I do have those breakthroughs, but they've taken a while to get to. There's a whole thing about how your hand when you're writing moves at the same pace as like you would get thoughts out um but when you're talking it's like your mouth can move faster than your brain sometimes and it gets quicker into your subconscious because you say stuff and you're not even sure yet but it's right there you don't have a
1: chance that's a great point when you're writing or typing out something you can be you can go in and erase Mm -hmm. you can hit the delete button you can edit yourself Whereas when you're in conversation and you're speaking freely, sometimes I've had people say after they've opened up, ooh, I probably didn't mean to go there or um, uh, they kind of catch themselves. But what I say to them is that that is exactly where you are right now in this moment. You were speaking openly and freely. Nothing was forced. Nothing was fake. And the beauty of it is, and this is why I love doing the capturing of of these through the recordings and transcripts is half the time I would do this work with people and I wasn't recording it. We'd have these meaningful conversations and I'd ask these questions and learn so much about people. But at the end of the day, be like, it's gone. You know, it's kind of like dust in the wind that just blows away. You keep it with you. You try to remember those good points, but it's like, God, if only I'd been recording that. Now I'm recording it. So I think that the beauty of it is, is to capturing those moments, even when they happen spontaneously and kind of without thinking about it, but to be able to go back and look and go, that was real. This came from somewhere. Let's maybe investigate this a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that the, the vocal part of it does capture, I think it's it's a very authentic way to express yourself, More so than if you were to do it by yourself where maybe, again, you're judging your handwriting, your flow, your thoughts aren't coming out fast enough, your writing is messy. I mean, I can think of just my own limitations when I journal. But when I talk and I'm asked a question that spurns my conscious brain, I can, (laughs) as you've seen, I can talk (laughs) and just go. And just allow that expression to be my authentic self. And to be able to capture that is something that I find really powerful.
0: Yeah, I I love how um, when you say about those conversations that you have with people where it's like, oh, they can just be dust or you can record them. That kind of feels encouraging to me to think about because it's like if you've ever... As a person who's like never journaled before, like as a person who isn't familiar with the practice either of mindfulness, of journaling, vocal journaling, whatever it is, it's like you've totally journaled before, you've totally made those connections, maybe you weren't like aware of it, but you've totally done it before, so all that it really takes is to make it a conscious effort and be mindful about it and hone it into one specific place and then you can really run with it.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm trying to provide is, is a bit of structure within the program. So when someone wants to do the guided vocal journaling, I have themed questions for them to choose from. So it, it's very much about, uh, kind of like think of it as like a, a menu when you go to a restaurant. You're like, oh, I'll have that, I'll have that. And these are themes that could touch on your purpose, loving yourself through acceptance, the pathway through grief, there's a number of themes that have questions that fall under each of those categories that people can explore. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a journey of self-discovery is very much about what it is that I'm trying to take people on, but encouraging them to do it in a way that they feel safe. They feel like their spoken words are being heard in an authentic way. And, um, uh, that's it's, it's something that I think for people is very much about just a practice of mindfulness. Like, this is me showing up in this moment, being honest, full vulnerability, letting it out. Yeah, It's super cool to be a part of.
0: That's so awesome. So what do you think for people who really have never journaled in that sense before in, like, a conscious way? Like, what do you usually tell people who are having trouble getting started or who just don't know where to begin, who are a little bit lost?
1: I think anything that can be guided is a great way to start. There's plenty of, you go to any bookstore, any gift shop that sells journals. Um, There is plenty out there that have questions that prompt you. I think for a lot of people that's part of their struggle is I don't know what to write about. They look at a blank page and they don't even know where to begin. Whereas if you're given a question to at least give you something to contemplate and think about, you may not it may not come to you to write it down. But that's something that I encourage people who are new to journaling is start with a, a, a question. And that's something that I offer. I, I mean, if people don't want to do the vocal part, I can provide them five questions a week that I'll email to them to contemplate, to meditate over. Um, I've got some people that do it, that they'll take one question a day for five days to kind of pace themselves. Some people will get their questions on Monday, review them for the week, and then spend that weekend journaling all five questions. Um, I think that the less pressure you put on yourself, the better. And again, I think that as long as you don't look at it as work, And look at it as something that is enjoyable, that if you end up just writing just this much, that's okay. You took the time to write this much. Be proud. You know, date stamp it. Say, okay, this was all I had for today. Tomorrow, I might have this much. So I think for for people that are new to it, start with maybe something guided. Take the pressure off
0: yourself. That's awesome. I, I do the same thing as I always tell people, like, you can write one sentence like write a tweet but don't tweet it
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't hit send
0: don't hit send (laughs) um so what do you think that people see in their lives as like big changes when they start this kind of a practice either journaling or vocal journaling or even just like reflection what do you think are some of the big shifts that you've seen in people when they employ this type of stuff in their lives
1: I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the focus on self-care. Um, I, I don't think that we as a society do a very good job of taking care of ourselves. We spend a great deal of our time focusing in on the livelihood of others, whether it be family, kids, friends, coworkers, community, mm-hmm. and we tend to put ourselves second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth in, in the priority line. So I I think that this is something that, again, is personal, it's intentional, but it's very much about you. It's about making time for you to, for nothing else, just be an, an outlet to express, to declutter, to capture whatever it is that's going on. And I think that that for me especially with what we're going through as a society right now i find is is incredibly crucial because i just i still think that we are not doing a very good job of taking care of ourselves and so that's why i think that the emphasis on connection to self is the first most important piece of my work before we get into any other piece of connection work it has to start with you so i think that journaling is one of many but one of the most valuable ways to do that
0: it's it is about like when you focus on yourself then you build that foundation to be able to put more of that energy out into the world
1: it really is it answers a lot of questions if you don't do the guided vocal and you're just doing traditional journaling i think you learn a lot if you if you're intentional and you put the time in and the energy and the mindfulness approach to it I, I think that there's a lot of breakthroughs that come from it. I mean, it literally was the catalyst of what led me from doing my previous work as a massage therapist and my career had to come to an end because of injuries to mm-hmm. being like, what in the heck am I going to do now? You know, my career, my livelihood, my passion, my joy has been taken away. And it was only through the rediscovering of journaling and asking myself some hard questions to realign and to find my purpose and to really just get to the heart of what is next um, that led me to, I guess, have a bit of an awakening of what it was that I was capable of. I'm very big on purpose, Mm -hmm. so connection to purpose is one of my, my five elements of joyful living. So have I talked to you about Ikigai? the yeah. Japanese word, ikigai. Yeah. So ikigai is um, de- defined through the, through the Japanese term. It's your reason for being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or as I like to think of it, is your reason to get out of bed. When I was going through this state of depression after my career ended, I was like, I have no reason to get out of bed. My work before was my reason. Now it's gone. I need a new reason. So part of discovering this word And journaling about it led me to answer four really important questions so this is something i'll leave for your readers if they want something to start with to journal if they want to discover and find their purpose if they're still searching for it so ikigai is made up of four cornerstones and i think of them as four questions to answer the first one is what do you love to do what are you good at how can you serve the world and how can you benefit from it Mm -hmm. and I think that once you've determined the answers to all four of those questions that's having ikigai, as the Japanese like to think of it so that literally was the beginning of my re-discovery of journaling was answering four of those questions to lead me to figuring out what's gonna get me out of bed how can I serve the world what am I good at what do I love and how can I benefit Um, so, a little
0: bit of a little extra bonus takeaway there. That's awesome. I, those are great prompts and great things to think about and focus mm-hmm. on. Now, yeah. I, I definitely, I, I see how, like, journaling can lead you to, like, all of those things, to, like, realizing those things. It really is about, like, finding that connection with yourself and looking at your own needs and desires and yeah. having that conversation with you.
1: You know, I was talking with a relative of mine not too long ago about her uh, struggles with depression and anxiety and things. And she was seeing a therapist and her therapist recommended journaling. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, oh, that's so great. That's wonderful that the journaling has been, is being used in a clinical setting. And so I said, so how'd it go? She's like, she told me to go grab a blank journal book and a pen and just start writing. And like, Okay, how'd that go? She's like, it sucked. I didn't know what to write about. She's like, it was it caused more stress on top of the stress that I already had. And so again, I think the intention was good, but for some people, they need guidance Mm -hmm. and they need a little bit of direction and, and encouragement. And that encouragement can just be in the form of here's some questions to consider and to contemplate. Um, or you can take it so far as doing the guided vocal work that I do where you're in presence, you're, you're in partnership with me through this experience. So it's not this, it's a personal experience, but it's shared. Um, and I just think that for a lot of people, it's just, they look at a blank page and then it's just daunting. It's like, oh, and it's adding more pain and hardship to the fact that I don't even know what to write, let alone, you know, getting my thoughts straight. Yeah. So I just, I really do. I think that journaling can be a wonderful way for people to um, to just take care of themselves. It's, it's such an incred- incredible means of self-care that I wish more people did.
0: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, where can people find you? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, uh, my website is joy. It's joyful com. I'll spell it out. It's joy hyphen full hyphen living.com <laughs> <laughs> hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. Um, uh, you can also email me at Greg Jerry at dot joyful at gmail.com. Um, yeah, you can, you can find yeah. me. I've got some YouTube videos. My website has all of the descriptions of everything that I'm doing right now. Um, would love to talk with anyone who's curious about local journaling. I also help people write books through the same process of meeting on camera, capturing their words, creating transcripts that can be turned into a manuscript. So that's a whole nother area of storytelling that I do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be happy to talk with anyone about it.
0: Yeah, I will link all of everything in the description. So Awesome. Yeah, Great. thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It was a pleasure. I could talk all day about it. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs>
0: Another big thank you to Greg Gonzalez for guest starring on today's episode. If you would like to find any of his work, I will link it in the description if you want to get in touch with him and perhaps explore this guided vocal journaling even further. And if you'd like to listen to the episode of his podcast, The Joyful Living Podcast, that features me, where I explore guided vocal journaling, you can also check that out linked in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste.